When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man in Kentucky, Derek Bell. The Pittsburgh Steelers have fallen to the Cleveland Browns. They are now 1-2. and two. It's it's a rough road for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. Plenty of questions, all seemingly revolving around the offense. Meanwhile, the defense is taking a blow. Um, possible reasons for that, I, I believe, personally. We'll dive into everything. Plus, Derek Bell believes that it might be time to make a quarterback change. Very excited to see, hear his thoughts on that. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, go check out manscape.com and use our promo code for 20% off plus free shipping Derek I'm in an Airbnb with a couple of buddies that came down for the Cleveland Steelers game so chances are somebody's going to say something dumb and walk by half naked during this podcast it is what it is this is the risk you run when you're on the road I'm excited to be in Cleveland I might be going to Canton later I've never been to Canton which is exciting but it's a it's a beautiful fall day here it's freezing cold outside couldn't drive here with the windows down yesterday. That's how cold it was. Beautiful weather. How you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling good, man. It's always good to have a night off work, so I didn't have to work last night. So I'm happy True. about that, even though I'm still up at the crack of dawn. So, um, yeah, I mean, ugly game. Um, those Thursday night games, man, they're, you never really know what to expect. But I think we we kind of all did expect an ugly game, and that's pretty much what we got, at least really from the Steelers perspective, for sure. Did, did you sit there in the beginning and think, wow, everybody who bet the over is so screwed right now? Because yeah. that was my first thought. I was like, I'm in Ohio. I couldn't place any bets. Thank, you know, the universe was looking out for me, no doubt. Everybody, everybody and their mother was told to hammer the under in this game. Somehow, I mean, the Steelers, 17 points, that's not an offensive game. But in that first half, you looked at it and you went, wow, these are some sparks. So I, I think that's where we got to start here. The first half, there was good. Was it enough good for you to say, oh, this is something to build off of? Or was it just like, oh, okay, they threw everything that they possibly could out there. It worked. And then they immediately reverted back to what they know. It's just consistency, man. Like you listen to Mitch talk about it in the postgame presser, and he's exactly right. It's consistency start to finish. I mean, the offense has put together a couple drives that, you know, give you some hope and you know kind of make you wonder if this is kind of a turning point for the unit um and then immediately they just go back down to horrendous like within the blink of an eye really i mean um you know they had those two drives where they you know scored touchdowns they punched it in once they got to the red zone um mitch started off the game i think like eight for nine or something like that they yeah. they moved the pocket they did play action they got him under center they used his legs in the red zone I thought those were all good things that they did early on. Um, it's just about the lack of consistency 
from this group, like not even from like game to game, but it's like quarter to quarter. I mean, they go from, you know, looking, you know, semi-competent to just absolutely completely terrible uh, within the blink of an eye. And that's, that's, it's not good. It's not good at all. No, it's definitely not good. And, and you have to chalk that up to some degree as in the Browns went out there, went into halftime, made adjustments that they needed to make. The Steelers said, oh, look at this. Things are working. Didn't make any adjustments. Came out, got stalemated, reverted back to what they know best because they didn't make any adjustments. So in my head, you have to put that on the offensive coordinator once again. And I and I'm, I know I'm not alone on this, but you know I, I am starting to ease up on the thought that Mitch is an issue because last night we clearly saw that Mitch is an issue. But I still look at this offense and say, Dude, Matt Canada has been here for two years. We've had the same exact press conference for two years. It's been the same exact excuses for two years. And time and time again, you see these flashes. And then it, uh, as quick as it came, it goes. And the Steelers offense is right back to where they, to where they were. I, I just, in my head, that's a coaching issue. Obviously, the Steelers don't fire offensive coordinators. So there has to be a way around it somewhere else until the end of the season. Let me ask this. Did you see – coming in, we talked all summer, okay, about how this team was designed to win through defense and with a running game. Najee's dealing with foot injuries. The offensive line is playing much better than I expected them to play, but they're still not as good as they need to be. The defense is playing a billion snaps in three games. It's over 100 minutes they've been on the field in three games. Can you even expect the defense to even stay where they're at? Because in my head, they're going to just keep going backwards until somebody snaps or everybody starts getting hurt. Yeah, I mean, the defense didn't play well last night. But again, kind of the same themes that we've seen through three weeks. They're on the field a ton. Offense can't sustain drives. I mean, if you look at um, last night, I think they, they went three and out on three straight possessions on offense. Yeah. I mean, you just – there's no way that you can give your defense like any type of a breather when that happens. I mean, these are the drives that they put together in the second half to start the second half. 10 plays, 38 yards, five minutes, three plays, seven yards, one minute, three plays, five yards, negative five yards, one minute, three plays, four yards, one minute. I mean, what, what do you, the defense didn't help themselves because they, still really can't stop the run. I mean, Cleveland did basically whatever they wanted um, in the trenches last night. Their offensive line dominated the Steelers' defensive line. But, again, fatigue plays a part in that. When your offense can't stay on the field, um, that creates problems for your defensive front, especially when you're not – when you're, you know, missing your best player. I I agree. Uh, you're looking at this. Alex, like you saw it. You saw it at the end of the game. You know, where like Alex Highsmith got that quick sack. That drive alone, right at the end of the fourth quarter, looked like, oh, okay, well, like the Steelers did exactly what they needed to do. This defense could be fine. But you can't expect that for 60 minutes in a ball game when 45 of them, they're on the field. You know, at some point, especially Cam Hayward's 107 years old. And I, I know that he, you know, beats father time every single season. But him, Tyson Alualu, and Larry Ogunjobi are not fresh legs out there. DeMarvin Leal is only three games deep now. I, I just I look at this group as a as a whole and they're not built for this. You know, the Steelers didn't build a defense to play 30 minutes a game. They they built a defense to our 40 minutes a game. They built a defense to succeed 
with some expectation that the offense is also going to to succeed. So I, I want to answer this one from Britsburg. Uh, Mike Sullivan, a greater role of calling offensive plays. So so nothing's going to change, obviously. Okay, you're not going to fire Matt Canada. The, the Steelers just don't fire Matt Canada unless you know unless they start one and seven. And at that point, you know, if there's no seats in the fa- in the stands, Art Rooney's going to start making moves. Do you do you think that there's a possibility that Mike Sullivan starts putting up a little bit more input into the offense? I don't either. I, I don't in particular. I mean, we'll see. Um, they the Steelers in the past have done some different things in terms of like giving different guys more influence in terms of like offensive play calling when they've struggled. Um, but I don't see them moving on from Canada during this season. It's just not the Steelers way, you know? So then you got to look at what, what can they change and what's more realistic Um, and fair or not, that's probably going to start with a quarterback change. It may not be this week. Tomlin seemed like he was, um, you know, against the notion that he would even consider that. But again, I think you got to give Tomlin the chance to go look at the tape. It's a little bit different when you're on the field. It's hard to assess guys play when they go back and look at the tape, depending on what that shows Trubisky played well or poorly um, based on what they saw on the field that could change come Monday. Um, But we'll see. So I want to get into does a change need to happen? You know, we got to we got to do a message from our boys Manscaped first. But first, before we do that, I have a I have a question. Do you think he because his answer was a a definitive? No, not happening. Do you think that that could change by the time he speaks on Tuesday? I do. I hope maybe that's maybe (laughs) that do you do do you or do you hope two different answers? That's me being an optimist. But I'll say I do. Now, do I think it's like likely? Unfortunately, no. But I just don't want to. Um, I don't want to completely rule out the notion for reasons that we can get we can get into as the show goes on. But okay, so I don't know if I feel the same way. I think that that this is the week. You know what I mean? Like you have nine days before the next game. This is the leash. You know, there was no leash. I didn't think Mitch Trubisky actually had a leash. Now I'm looking at this going, if nothing changes in nine days, the Steelers could possibly be one in three with losses to the Jets and the Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson. Derek's got to be up now, just so everybody's aware. And <laughs> and you're heading into the, t- the tougher part of your schedule. I think that this is where it starts. It's it's you got you got nine days to turn this offense around and one game. And if you don't do it, it's over. But we're gonna get into all that first. Got a boys our word from our boys over at Manscaped. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's simple, it's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excessive leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter in fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. Whether it's... 
Whether you're brand new or already with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels, the Platinum Package 4.0. With this glorious package, you can align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside the 10-part Platinum Package is everything you know and love about the Performance Package, plus some shower goodies included to elevate your grooming game to Platinum. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof, so you can keep scaping even as the weather changes. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium deodorant and don't worry it's not pumpkin spice it's a cologne quality fragrance even though i wouldn't mind a pumpkin spice but we shouldn't have we shouldn't save a pits use the crop reserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner to make sure you're good to your go-to smell is top shelf and not sweaty balls Manscaped even threw in two free gifts with their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag, both specially made to hold your goodies. Get the Platinum Package this fall. These products are guaranteed to hit for your dangly bits. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code STEALERS20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code STEALERS20. Manscaped, clear out the leaves it's your tree trunks time to shine. Got to apologize on that one. Uh, that was the first time I read that. And um, it got me. Got me a couple of words there. A couple of simple words that always throw me off. But we're good to go. It wasn't a 17-minute watch ad. So I appreciate that. Um, all right. want to make sure that I didn't miss any questions here as we go through. Let's let's I answered this one with Steven on Wednesday. I believe we were asked about Mason Rudolph. Let's I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, if you if the Steelers refuse to start Mason Rudolph or Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, <laughs> it's been a long night. Um, is Mason Rudolph a solution? I no. said no. No, just start Kenny. <laughs> like I don't like what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? There's no point in starting Mason. If Mason can't, if they didn't think that Mason gave them a better chance to win than Mitch entering this season, and Mason's done nothing over the course of his career to make you think otherwise, why why would you give him a shot over starting your first round quarterback? I agree. I just don't. I think I, I, I think Kenny's next on that list. All right. Before we get into the quarterbacks, there is a question here. Uh, Mike Tomlin. I think at some point you do have to put some blame on Mike Tomlin. I think you have to put a decent bit of blame on Mike Tomlin, but I said that last year when he refused to fire Randy or when he refused to fire Matt Canada and the year before that, when Randy Feekner continued to have a job basically until he was ready to walk away. How much of this blame are you putting on Mike Tomlin? Are you putting any blame on Mike Tomlin? I mean, I think that statement's a little too um, broad and really for me to make too much of a comp comment i mean i don't i don't we don't really know how much influence uh tomlin had on the decision to bring trubisky in i mean i'm sure that he was asked about him 
Um, but Colbert was the DM at the time when when he was signed. So, I mean, if you're going to blame anybody for that signing or for being a waste, I mean, I think the, the blame probably falls more so there. Um, now, if Tomlin rose with Mitch, you know, until the bye week and the Steelers end up at the bye week at two and six or something like that, then I think definitely um, blame should fall there. But um, I, like I said, I still think there's time to like rectify that. I don't think that you need to get um, too up in arms about that. I just think that Mitch and the offense aren't playing well enough right now, but there are things that you can do um, at least to switch it up and see if uh, it can provide a spark. So I agree. I agree. I, I think that, but I do, I agree, but I disagree. I think there are times where coaching decisions are made where Mike Tomlin does as much as he expresses it, live in his fears. I think his inability to make changes during the season that you clearly need to make are one of them. So let's get into that. Mitch Trubisky, Two seconds before we started this show, you were like, yep, it's time. Kenny Pickett. I was like, all righty. I'm excited for this one because I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that. I thought it was nine days. I My mindset has been after the Jets game, that's when you make a move. You think that it's time right now, and I would like to talk about it and hear your opinion. I mean, this will be a very lengthy explanation that I'll try to cut short because I'm going to try to write about it for the site too. But um... – I mean, you've got a long week. You kind of got like a quasi bye week with playing on Thursday. You've got more time to potentially get him ready. I mean, the Steelers brought Mitch to be in to in here to be a bridge quarterback, but they're getting absolutely nothing from him or the offense right now. I mean, Mitch is near the bottom and pretty much every quarterback statistic there is. They've scored four touchdowns in three games. They're not moving the football. Um, there's really no reason to believe that this thing is going to get um significantly better over the course of time and like I said I think um we talked about it a little bit earlier like Mitch doesn't have to be the only problem with the offense they're still inefficient running the ball we all know Matt Canada has a lot of flaws in terms of especially designing a passing offense um but I don't think Mitch is the solution either. And I think that that's been woefully apparent through three weeks and if you have a quarterback that's not the solution, and a 24-year-old rookie that you took in the first round, the only quarterback taken in the first, like, what, 70 picks of the NFL draft? Um, I just think it's hard to justify sitting him on the bench for very much longer. I, I just, I personally don't don't understand it. So, I I agree. I Do, do you agree with my Jets thought of if he struggles against the Jets, that's when it's over? Are you ready to make this move right now and just say, look, at there's no turning this around? If you're going to do it, it needs to be now, though, in my opinion. Because here's the deal. You've got you've got the long week to prepare him. The start is at home, which also yeah. bodes well. So, like, if you want to get him, you know, inserted into the lineup, if you wait until after the Jets game, like, they're going to be favored against the Jets, I think, still, regardless of losing on Thursday. But, like, you're not going to put him in the lineup going to Buffalo. I mean, that's going to be a no. slaughter. I mean, Buffalo, regardless of what you think about this defense, like that's not a fair place to put Kenny Pickett in his first start. And then you look at the schedule coming up. I mean, Buffalo, you've got, you know, you're going to play Tampa at home. I mean, you could potentially get him in there there. But then you got to um, – then you got to play Miami, Philly before the bye week. 
I just I think if you're gonna do it, like let him let him get a home game against the Jets as kind of like a warm up, regardless or if a win or a lose, but you're not gonna just throw him in there against like that gauntlet of four teams um coming up on the schedule. And I I just to me, I just think it's time. The offense looks lifeless, it needs a spark. Um, so hundred percent. Um, I think do, it's time. Do to you think that that's clip. the spark though? Do you think Kenny's the spark or do you think that they're going to handcuff him because they they've handcuffed Mitch? Like it's not, it's not just Mitch Trubisky. Who's only ran in the end zone one time or into the red zone one time, you know, that's Matt Canada. So are you going to, uh, is Kenny going to be even more handcuffed than Mitch is? Or at that point, are you just like, okay, well backs up against the wall. I'm Matt Canada. I'm throwing everything I can at the, at the wall, trying to figure it out. And get out of here. Is is the like what what's the baseline that you're trying to get to here? Like I just don't you, like the offensive line is the offensive line's playing. I think the offensive well. line's fine. I They're think the running up. game's gonna be fine, especially Najee's dealing with two foot injuries. Like you can't expect a running back to come out here and have a career year when both of his feet are injured. The they have the weapons. I'm talking about the play calling. Like they they threw it over the middle of the field it's seemingly one time last night. You have to do that more. You have to utilize a quarterback's legs more. It, the first half is what the offense could be. The second half is what the offense has been. So if Kenny's out there, do you expect it to just be straight second half or do it you won't. think they change it up? I just think that you've got to find out. Like there's okay. no there's no purpose. Like it's hard to find positives in the offense with Mitch in control. And again, do I think that that's all his fault? No, absolutely I don't. Like again, we've talked time and time again on here about um the struggles with Matt Canada's play calling with his just offensive design from like a schematic standpoint. Um but at the same time, like you drafted Kenny Pickett for a reason. I mean, you can't and I I know like the schedules kind of scary after you know next week but we like Tomlin talks about all the time not living in your fears you know you can't you can't just you can't protect him for forever or you know if you do wait until after the bye week what kind of message does that send really to the rest of the team you know what I'm saying like if you're not willing to make changes before then uh, because the season at that point could potentially get you know blown up by that time I mean they could very well be two and six like they're going to be favored, I think, on Sunday next Sunday. But those next four games, they're going to be underdogs. Okay. Okay. I like that. I agree with that, I, especially the, the bye week. Like, you don't want to walk into the bye week, week nine, looking at, at, at a record of two and seven, you know, with the whole season behind you, and you're just looking, okay, it's already over. So I agree with that one. I do agree with that one. And I'm, and I'm on the Kenny Pickett train last week. I was not on the Kenny Pickett train. I was a very heavy Mitch defender just because I didn't believe Mitch was good, but I believed that he needed another opportunity with an offense that actually showed things. But there were even moments in the fourth quarter where, I mean, that deep ball to Deontay Johnson on the sideline that he threw out of bounds. That was, you could win the game. You know, that's a that's that's a play that if you complete that pass, the Pittsburgh Steelers might walk out of here 24-23. Instead, they lose and you look back and you blame the offense. Uh, and I I get that that you know, my first instinct's going to be to blame Matt Canada. But that play plays a huge factor and that was a good play call. Like I have no issues with that play call. So, I agree with that. I I agree. Do you think what what's the spark your look No, no, no. I want a better question. What are your expectations if Kenny comes in here? 
Do you have expectations of growth or do you, are you looking at this simply just like you've said of screw it. If they lose every game, at least Kenny Pickett has some experience. I just think when you look, I think Pickett played well enough in the preseason to give you some optimism that he may provide a spark of being able to play more within the structure of the offense, like more of a drop back pass or someone who's going to be able to win inside the pocket. Um, and again, I just when I look at it, I just don't understand the point, I guess, of rolling with Mitch when he's not even giving you baseline quarterback play when you can go ahead and insert picket, see if you get the spark. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but at least you start that evaluation process. You know what I'm saying? Like the mm-hmm. sooner you get him in there, um, you know, you can start that evaluation process of, you know, the next year or two, figuring out what he is as a quarterback, what he needs to succeed, um, you know, where his strengths are, where his weaknesses are, um, how to game plan um, for him. You know, I think all of those things are good. Getting him more experience on the field, experience with those receivers. There's so many benefits there. Um, and I just don't I don't think the offensive line's playing bad enough to where you're just going to throw him like into the fire and he's going to be under constant duress. That's literally not what's been happening through three weeks. Mitch has had plenty of time to throw the football. Like they're just not putting up enough points. I look at, I agree with that one. Uh, I thought the offensive line has played well over my expectations and they, and they move the pocket. Well, like the Steelers with a mobile quarterback, people have, people have been very negative about how they utilize Mitch Trubisky, but the way they utilize them correctly is, they are always moving the pocket and Kenny Pickett works best outside the pocket. I, I want to agree with you. My only issue is that there are a long, there's a long list of quarterbacks who have stepped into situations with bad offensive coordinators and have turned into nothing, have just struggled for years and years and years. And that's, I mean, you look like you disagree, but I feel like that's, that's, it's it's not like it's not like they have a bad offensive coordinator. They possibly have the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. And next year you're going to add somebody else, and you don't know what that somebody else is going to be. Maybe one year isn't isn't a, a game changer for anybody, but there is. There's a lot. I mean, Baker Mayfield's on that list as well. You go through enough change as a quarterback, no stability, it's going to mess with you. It's going to hurt your career. But again, you look like you don't agree with me. I, I think there's definitely, I mean, I definitely don't disagree with you that Canada is not a good offensive coordinator, but my, oh, my, yeah. thought, my thought process is though, does, does Tomlin think that? Because I think if he did, I would have hoped that he would have fired Canada after well, his first season was a, I don't was think a failure. Tomlin you said him, thinks that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like to me, if I just don't know how much that's going to play into the decision, I don't know where um you know the significance of that will lie in terms of like the long-term outcome for Kenny I don't think that I don't think Canada is so bad in the offense like quarterbacks have came into much worse situations than what Kenny's walking into like as as much as I don't like I definitely think Canada's like we talked about all season I don't think he has any clue on how to design like a modern passing offense but with the way the offensive lines played, that these weapons are 100% competent. Like anyone thinking that the Steelers are like missing a bunch of pieces as far as like 
the weapons go, you're just flat out wrong, man. Like they have more than enough firepower on the outside to make a quarterback successful, especially if the offensive line continues to play this well in pass protection. Um, quarterbacks for the last couple decades have stepped into a much, much worse situation than what Kenny's going to come into. And I like, even if Kenny comes in and plays comparable like not as good or better but like comparable to like what mac jones played last year which wouldn't really surprise me that much i know mac jones have josh mcdaniels but um this offense is just as talented as that one in new england last year aside from like the offensive line i don't think that that's crazy to think that if the defense gets healthy like they can at least like push for a wild card spot but i don't see that this I don't see that work it working with Mitch. It's not working right now. Like he's not playing well. So I just don't see the point in banging your head up against the wall. Okay. I agree with that. And and you do have to look team over anything else. I also agree with that one. There's also the thought though, that, you know, rookie quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls, which I, I believe it personally, I believe that's the only reason Mitch Trubisky was brought here. And it's the only reason Mitch Trubisky walked into the season as a secure starter, that there wasn't a real competition was because the Steelers understand that they want to win a Super Bowl, and they also understand that rookie quarterbacks have never done so, and they're not going to beat the odds with Kenny Pickett. Chances are, but at the same time, like I feel you and I get everything, and and I am on the it should be Kenny Pickett train. I agree with that one. So let's expand that. You put Kenny Pickett in there, he gives you the spark. You hope. Are are you shout out Ryan Pickett? This one got me for a second, but do you like Ryan Pickett or do you like Kenny Powers better? I like <laughs> Kenny Powers. <laughs> um, so you put Kenny in there. You're hoping for a spark. The big question, though, the really the only question that matters. What needs to be fixed? Can you fix it? Can you fix the offense enough? Whether it's schematic changes or personnel changes to say, okay, this team actually could be good. Because just like you said, there's weapons. There's more weapons than the Pittsburgh Steelers have seen in five-plus years on this football team. The offensive line's playing better than they've played in three years easy. This team's built to win. So what can you fix it? Can you fix the offense? It just got to be better passing from the pocket. I mean, I, I, I still think that the run game um, has shown, like they showed flashes last night. Uh, being able to run the football with some sort of success. Um, again, the offensive line has played they're, – they're on an upward trajectory from the preseason. So that's – that's to me, that's at least, um, you know, surprising but, you know, encouraging that they're adjusting to Pat My- Myers' um, philosophy. And I just think that having a more consistent passer at the pocket could potentially, like, open up this offense a lot. Kenny, the under the underrated aspect of Kenny's game that I think could potentially um, solve some of the Steelers' problems is Kenny at Pitt was a menace over the middle of the field. And again, the Steelers' offense schematically doesn't do enough to stress defenses in between the hashes, but he throws with more anticipation than Mitch does. And even using it at all will be an improvement over what they're using it for right now. The only two passes that Mitch threw in the middle of the field last night were with three minutes left in the game and they were yep. trying to keep Pittsburgh in bounds. So they were giving Do you blame up that on Mitch or Matt? Do you blame that on it's Trubisky a both, or Canada? It's a both thing, but like 
you even look at that, go go back and look at the throw to Pickens last night. It's a good throw. Like, don't get me wrong. That that throw was good for Mitch. And it's a spectacular catch by George Pickens. There's a guy wide open. As Chase Claypool is wide open in the middle of the field. Agreed. I mean, no one is within like five, six yards of the dude. So instead of taking the easy, like he's not, he's not looking towards the middle of the field whatsoever. And that's he's not good enough to just avoid that. Like it makes them too easy to defend on offense. Okay. I agree with that. So that's it. Well, I want to answer this question real quick. Cause I've seen a couple people ask this like on Twitter too. So if Kenny's not the answer, well, where the heck do we go? Here's the deal. Find out. Okay. He could have a terrible rookie season. We don't know. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterback prospects that I've scouted ever. And he had a rough rookie season. But again, it's about starting that evaluation process. There's no reason to continue with below, like not even below average, with terrible quarterback play. When you have a first round pick on the bench, at least start the evaluation process. Get to know your quarterback, what he does well, what he doesn't do well. It's not like, and you can't even say that it's going to be at the risk of them losing games. They're not winning games right now anyway. True. Very true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Look, at I agree with you. I think that you got to put Kenny in. I'm, and if they made that switch on Monday, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with that decision whatsoever. Or Tuesday. I wouldn't disagree with that decision whatsoever. I, I, I'm still a little skeptical it's going to happen. But I agree with you. I think that all that changes. But I'm there's a there's a part of me, a major part of me, that's concerned about the handcuff and what Matt Canada would do with a rookie quarterback with his back up against the wall. But then there's another part of me that says, you know, Kenny Pickett's a team player, but he's also a winner. You know, like like you could make that argument that the biggest the biggest asset Kenny Pickett carries is his ability to win football games, and maybe to a degree he's going to just launch it down the field or use the middle of the field or use his legs when needed because like I said, he's a winner, you know, and he doesn't get nervous in those big moments. And I feel like if that's the issue, if that's the solution, then I agree. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. Is that it? Is that, does that fix the defense that fixes everything? I mean, I don't think it fixes everything. I mean, they're still not, they're still not stopping the run. And, like, it's a little bit concerning because I know they don't have T.J. Watt, but, you know, the Steelers do have a lot invested in that front. And the fact that Cleveland, you know, obviously we've talked about Cleveland has a dominant offensive line. It's been a top five offensive line for the past three, four years now, but they punked them out last night. And, you know, Cam Hayward really was not a factor whatsoever in that game. They were sliding protections to him. They were doing everything they could to kind of neutralize his effect um, on defense. Larry Ogunjobi's been off to a really quiet start for the most part this season. Except for last night. He had a good game last night. I still think he's way too quiet because, like, teams are willingly sliding protection towards Hayward and Highsmith, which leaves Ogunjobi with a lot of, like, one-on-ones. And I just – I thought that he should have been a bigger – I guess – or should have had a bigger impact last night than what he did. You know, they you you look at it, they still only have four hits on the quarterback. Um, Ogunjobi did have a couple of those. Hasmus had a couple as well. Um, like I said, Hayward was um pretty much taken completely out of the game last night. And it's just it's disappointing to see they've done a decent job on Chubb in recent years, um, in comparison to like what he's done to other teams. 
Um, but he did whatever he wanted last night. And that's just really every time it seemed like he was getting tackled, he was carrying uh, tacklers two, three yards after contact. Um, like I said, it was a dominant performance for Cleveland up front. And that there's something about get like psychologically for me, at least about getting punked out in the trenches that just does not sit well with me. And I know it's not going to sit well with Tomlin either. No, I agree with that one. I agree with that one. You don't, if you, if anybody expects, I mean, it's the New York Jets, but if anybody expects the New York Jets to have a successful running game next Sunday, they're in for a rude awakening because that is going to be, I mean, it's one thing to say, to look at the offense and say, this is where they struggled. They need to improve at these areas and not have the highest expectations that those improvements come. It's another thing to look Cam Hayward, Mike Tomlin, you know, a guy like Miles Jack, Tyson Alawalu in the face and say, oh yeah, these guys flat out pretty much sucked on Thursday Night Football against their AFC North opponent. And they're going to come back in here in their home crowd and let that happen again. I just don't, I don't think that happens. But, I, but again, I think it comes full circle. You keep a defense off the field and fresh at 35 years old, you have higher expectations for these guys. And right now the Steelers, just can't they just can't do that so i i think that a lot of i think that's where it starts and i think we both agree with that one is that's where it starts you make a change at quarterback you keep it moving you see if everything else clicks if it does click i think this team's built to built to win i mean dude a, a week ago two weeks ago no it was a week ago we were going we ended the podcast and i said to you yeah we have to go back through the schedule because i thought at this point the Steelers could be three and out and I was like, oh, this would be a good time to reevaluate our terrible selections. Now it's looking the other way around. Like, you know, our eight and nine prediction could be atrocious. We can we could be terrible. So it's it changes just like that, but it could change back just like that. And I would still like to, to keep some optimism that this season is not over. It just needs to make a change. But unlike... Unlike seasons in the past, you look at this and you say, okay, well, last year it was what it was, you know, and you were riding or dying with what it was. The year before that, it was what it was, and you were riding or dying with what it was. This year it's, well, it is what it is, but the biggest component of this is sitting right on the bench and he's waiting to go in the football game and maybe things change. Maybe things change. Um, Make sure we didn't miss any questions before we – Head out of here. You got any last thoughts here to, to give the, the poor people? Your boy, Akella Witherspoon. There's a lot of comments about Akella Witherspoon. Your boy, Akella Witherspoon, did not have a good night. Did not play well last night. Did not play well last night. Was uh, very disappointed, actually. Thought it was thought it was a good opportunity for him to show that he could play everybody. But, uh, you know, Mari's a bigger dude compared to Akella. That's a, that's a much different matchup than Jamar Chase's of the world. Yeah, Mari was good, but... I just thought that Akello was a little bit sloppy in terms of some of his technique. They're playing a lot of off coverage too. I, I wish they'd let him get up on the line of scrimmage a little bit more, especially if they're going to stick him out there in man coverage. Um, just some of those, some of those plays, Stefanski did a good job drawing up the deep ball with Cooper on Sutton was an excellent play call. They had third and short. Uh, the Steelers were really selling out to stop the run. I believe they brought in uh Killebrew and took out, um, Wallace on the play, it looked like they had eight guys in the box, really nine if you count Edmonds, um, and they ended up getting a one-on-one with Sutton and Amari, and 
that's just too much room when you're going to give him that much space to work with. And it was just an easy pitch and catch. I thought that was um, really just a credit to a really good play call by Stefanski. And Amari's route running was obviously a, um, a big factor in last night's game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was uh, Mario had a great game. There was a couple of moments, though, where like sitting up at the box. I know that you don't always see it on television, but there were guys deep running wide open that Jacoby missed. And you're just like, whew. Well, Jacoby up up until last night, Jacoby didn't have a throw, didn't have a completion over 20 yards. I mean, that that really wow. has been missing from the Browns passing attack. And again, I kind of um, expected them to take a deep shot or two. Um and that's what you get. Like when you can stay stay on schedule and stay ahead of the chains and you can get in like second short, third and short, and teams have to start selling out to stop the run because they can't do it with seven guys in the box, you're going to expose your secondary a little bit to some one-on-one matchups. And Amari is the type of dude that is going to consistently win one-on-one matchups with the majority of, you know, corners in the league. So yeah, that's just them taking advantage of their personnel and some of the things that they were doing really well last night. Yeah, I agree. I think that overall that's how you look at the situation is that the Browns played better in every aspect. And, I mean, we've talked about everything, and, and it comes down to Monday. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, be a friend, tell a friend to go use our promo code for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. I'll be back on Monday with Steven. By next Friday, me and Derek should have hopefully a new quarterback to break down for you. Thoughts and prayers. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy a full Sunday of stress-free football as a Steelers fan. Like I said, we'll be back on Monday. Peace. (laughs) 